0: Welcome to the New Books Network. Hello and welcome to the New Books Network Jewish Studies channel. I'm your host, Ra Rusi, Senior Director of the American Sephardi Federation Institute of Jewish Experience. At the American Sephardi Federation, we try to see beyond the Ashkenazi world and glimpse into the greater mosaic. Today we are trying, we are really delighted to speak with Professor Mayer Bar Asher. Professor Bar Asher is the Max Schlesinger Professor of Islamic Studies at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem. His books include Scripture and exeg- ex- Exegesis, always a difficult word, in early imami Shi'ism, and the Nusayri Alawi religion and inquiry into its theolo- theology and liturgy. He lives in Jerusalem. Today, we will be speaking about his book, Jews and the Quran, published in Princeton University Press in 2021. In the preface to his book, Mohammed Ali Amir Moezi says in the present book, Mayor Bar Asher brilliantly rises to the challenge of summarizing earlier studies, while at the same time advancing relevant new questions. A preeminent expert on Islam and Judaism with a perfect mastery of the relevant languages, a shrewd analyst of the thought and spirituality of both religions and a historian and philologist. He has also a great gift for transmitting his knowledge of very difficult subjects in a clear and accessible manner. And you've definitely tackled some interestingly difficult subjects in this book. So welcome, Professor share Thank you so much for joining us here today.
1: Good morning. I'm happy to, to be with you. Yes.
0: So I know I just gave a of a background but can you tell us a little bit about how you started researching this what drew you to it how you got into islamic studies
1: well i would say that i'm the result of two things first of all that uh, i'm i'm from a family coming new immigrants olim hadashim from north africa specifically from morocco in the in the mid 50s so uh, coming from a Muslim country and a telling at home experience of living in a, in a Muslim country and also speaking and speaking in an Arabic language. Although this is a, an Arabic dialect of North Africa, which is substantially different from the dialects spoken in our region. But nevertheless, this the, the, the knowledge of, of life in an Arab and Islamic, country was felt well at home we we were speaking about it and so i had some background this is one aspect another aspect I was i grew up and was uh, brought up in a neighborhood of jerusalem which is very known and very famous and was even more known at that moment uh, in the neighborhood musrara which mm. is located which is located very close to the old city about five, seven hundred meters, walking from uh, from the uh, Damascus Gate from Sharshem, uh, and when the Six Day War uh, broke out, I was at the age of twelve, and all of a sudden, after a few days of a war, the borders between <clears throat> between the two countries, between Jordan and Israel fell out and I, and I like all my generation all living in the in the in the border uh, uh, neighborhood of Jerusalem were exposed to the old city to meeting with arabs uh, to excursions in the old city and this motiv- this motivated me to learn arabic i was a child of 12 years at the moment but i was Totally convinced by myself by myself. No one told me that I have to know the language of the people whom I heard uh, noises of, of, of their existence. I heard uh, just a few months before. Now, now the, the the borders fell, and we are all of us living on, in the, on the same space. And I have to learn the language. And I started by myself learning the, the dialect of Jerusalem. You know, the fact that I knew I knew Arabic from home. Although Arabic, uh, uh, um, uh, Moroccan Arabic, was a very good basis to go ahead and learn another dialect. Once you know one dialect, you have a, an excellent basis for other languages. I would say that this is like, for example, somebody who knows Yiddish, and t- and take a decision from home and take a decision to learn German. That it would be very easy for him uh, uh, than than uh, compared to somebody who started it from scratch. So on the basis of my of the Arabic that I know at home, I learned quite quite rapidly the dialect of Jerusalem. Then I said that I have to start learning the literary Arabic and spent many years on working on this. At my at my period, at the high school I learned in there was no Arabic taught. In other languages of Jerusalem, yes, but not in my in, not in my school just a few let, few years later they started to teach arabic there and i myself taught arabic at this at a certain stage at this school school of hebel in jerusalem but at the moment there was no arabic so i did i had to do the effort myself and i did it and uh, and once i finished my military service i decided to go to to uh, to learn uh, arabic at the university arabic and islam in addition to learning also uh, Jewish thought, Jewish philosophy. You might ask why why these two fields? It's There's an interesting
0: combination, yes.
1: <laughs> the, the, the combination is very, for me was, was totally evident. You know, the, a great deal of uh, Jewish literature, of Jewish philosophical, not only philosophical, but other fields as well, in the world of Islam, during more than a millionaire a millionary was written in Judeo-Arabic, in Arabic, you know, all the writings of leading prominent authors like uh, Yehuda HaLevi, Saadia Gaon, Shulomo Ibn Jirol, Ibn Ezra, Maimonides, and many, many others in the field of philosophy, in the field of halakha, in, in, in the field of literature, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, were written in Arabic. So I said, I, I remember telling, telling myself that if I get to a very good knowledge of Arabic, then I have a direct access to reading their their writings, not in translation into Hebrew or to other language, but directly in, in judeo Arabic. So that's why I decided to go for these two fields. <laughs> and uh, you know, when I learned at, at the at the Department of Jewish uh, Philosophy and Thought, when I learned these texts, I was I I was in a good level of of Arabic so that when we read it in class Maimonides in Hebrew, I was able to go directly to the Judeo-Arabic text, which is, Judeo-Arabic text is is almost like Arabic text. The only difference, or the major, not the only, but the major difference is the fact that Judeo-Arabic is written in Hebrew script, but the the language is the same. If If you know good Arabic, if you have done Study of of literary Arabic, and you are a Muslim. So once you know the letters, you can read it quite easily. <laughs> uh,
0: and so, growing up in Musrara, you must have also been exposed to different dialects of Arabic, even just within the community.
1: Yes, exactly, exactly. First of all, you you, you are pointing to a very, very precise, very exact uh, uh, point. You know, I, first of all, variety of dialects of the of of Morocco and North Africa, because majority of people there. Were Jews from Morocco, from various various uh, cities and villages in Morocco. Also, some a very very small number of people coming from Tunisia and from Algeria. But nevertheless, I was I was able to yeah. to hear a difference in the dialect, despite the similarities, There were differences, mm-hmm. but there were also quite a big number of people coming from from Iraq, mm-hmm. from Iraq. Mm-hmm. Not a, just a few families from Syria. But uh, many families, uh, quite uh, high percentage of, of people uh, coming from from Iraq, so this this uh, dialect was not also uh, strange to my to my ears. And there were, you know, a very small minority of people coming from north, from east, uh, east Europe, from Romania, from Poland, small numbers. The majority were Sephardi Jews coming from. From these countries that I have just mentioned to you, so this was a background on which I was I was uh, grown, and I would say I am uh, all you know my my uh, uh, development, intellectual development, uh, academic development, uh, and my own biography or autobiography is the result of the result of the of the situation that had occurred after the 6 war uh, uh 6 day war can you expand on that a little bit because yes, oh just because
0: know, of the opening of the yes
1: Jerusalem. The opening, yes the opening the meeting with arabs you know i as as a as a teenager i was uh, i was uh, i i meant friendship with with they the just frequented they were as i was curious to to know them they were curious to to know the, the western part and they you know before a few, a few years before, you know, the 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 hard moment of the terror started of the PLO, there were a few years, a few calm years from '67 say to '71 or '72, in which the moving, the movement from one part of the city to the other was very, very free. You would say you would meet many many Arabs uh, coming to to the to our part of neighborhood and we going to the other the part and this exchange this uh, meeting uh, I would say affected a great deal my biography I, I I as I said before I took the decision of turning this into my expertise I learned Arabic and devoted I would say most of my life from the from the age of twelve up to now I am in this field. Which turned to be my uh, my career. You know, I, I I did later on Arabic Islamic studies, <clears throat> learnt it in Israel, then learnt it abroad in Paris, in other places. Come back to Israel and 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 had a, a post at the university. So I'm the result of this of this event. Had I been born, I don't know, maybe in Tel Aviv at the same age, I would have probably opted for other for other uh, way of life or other. Uh, uh, interest choices yeah.
0: yes so I think we could talk a lot, lot more about your biography but we're here today to talk about your books so let's go uh, to the book the title of the book kind of gives the main subject Jews and the Koran um, but can you just tell us a few sentences about what you were hoping to share by publishing this book and why it was important to share it, it specifically in English well
1: let me tell you the, the history of this book you know first of all First of all, I, I I wanted to entitle it otherwise. I wanted to to entitle it Jews as viewed by the Quran, but but the editor uh, did not like this uh, this title. It's very academic. We we have to we have to to entitle it in a way that it will be attractive to to the ordinary people, to the ordinary people and Jews and the Quran. Now, the story of this book that it started in French, not in English. I have written it in French. This is the book in French. Uh, and and uh, I was uh, I was invited. It was a, an, an invitation that I got I got from uh, from a professor at the Sorbonne, whom I have known very uh, superficially. Not uh, to a certain extent, yeah. I know of her, and she know of me. And and then I gave a Paris on this. Uh, I gave a lecture in Paris on this topic a, a, a year or two before coming out of the book. And this professor was a distinguished professor of the Sorbonne, uh, whose name is Mireille Hadass Lebel. She, uh, she is an expert of the history of the Jews in the Hellenistic period. She published a great deal on this and also on Hebrew, and the history of Hebrew language and Judaism. Very important scholar in, in Paris. She she attended this lecture that I gave in the 50th uh, arrondissement, 50th suburb of, of uh, Neighborhood of, of Paris, and she, when I finished my lectures, she said, "Would you write a book on this?" I said, "Why not?" I, it's, she said, "Well, we need it. We need it because there is a great deal of interest in Islam, especially in relation of Islam to to its to its to its two sisters, Judaism and Christianity, and such a book would be very much very much welcome." I said, "Okay." And I asked her when when would for what, what is the the deadline for this she said well it, it would be excellent if you could have passed it on to me yesterday but but I can wait a few months finally it took me a year to 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 do the book uh, so uh, and and then <clears throat> uh, and then uh, once it appears in in French uh I've got a letter from the Princeton University Press, who, uh, who told the, the executive uh, ma- a director at the, at the publishing house, told me that he would like to have this book in English. If I am not objecting, I said no, not at all. On the contrary, I'm very happy of this. He said, "Would you, in case we want to to enlarge a few parts of it to broaden, would you be like?" I said yes, and, and then. This is the way it, it came also, in English. Uh, so, just in order to, to give the whole picture, it started it started in uh, in French. Now, what is my, I was always always interested in the relationship of between these two religions. Once you, once you uh, start to learn Islam and you read the major sources of this religion, that is to say, first of all, the Quran. And then the hadith, the oral tradition, which would be probably equivalent to our Mishnah and Talmud, more or less. Then you you come across uh, what Islam has to do about about Jews and about Judaism, and you immediately discover this is very complicated. What is said, it is it is ambivalent. There are various statements that are said about them. Uh, you know, the presence of Judaism in the Quran and in the Hadith is very strong. You find them in any, in any page of the Quran, almost any page you would find reference to the Bible, to the Jews, to their commandments, to their history. Uh, and and uh, uh, the statements about them differ. Sometimes you find very, very flattering and positive statements about the Jews, but on the same, you find also the same text, attacks accusations, uh, criticism and, and other and this and other uh, such things in the text so and, and this is and this is a text which has a very important uh, uh, a crucial uh, importance in, in the life of Muslims. They, they are inspired by it they go back to it to, to, to learn from, from from the book what what, uh, what opinions they should, it in certain circumstances so I said it's my it's my uh, task it's my mission as a scholar to make this text uh, available to with a commentary to the general reader and trying to avoid any agenda uh, my great my great effort was was to to do my best to do the best I can. To present the thing as objectively as possible, you know, I'm I'm a Jew, I have a lot of admiration to my own to my own culture and tradition, but I have a good knowledge of of Islam, I think, and, and uh, I want to be as fair as possible, as objective as possible in presenting Islam without any political or other kind of agenda, just to present it as is. And uh, this is this was the effort. And uh, I can tell you that I'm satisfied with the fact that when uh, reviews, many reviews were written on on the book in its various languages, especially in French, many many reviews in in journals. and, uh, and, And what was common to all reviewers is that despite the delicate material, despite the fact that it is a material that's very difficult to deal with, The way I presented it, it it was very, uh, very respectful towards the material, towards the Muslims. Uh, I I, I, I presented everything in the text, the negative and the positive aspects, and try to be as as fair as objective, as academic, uh, as scholarly as possible. Yeah,
0: and one of the things I noticed is you particularly have, two Muslims, one one Muslim giving the preface to the book and one the forward to the book. Um, And I thought that was an interesting way to make sure that it comes out as objective. Um, And in the forward by Mustafa Akhul, he tells of the significance of a a Judeo-Islamic tradition that has not yet received the tradition it deserves in his words. Why do you think people don't talk about that that much? Well, you you
1: mean who, uh, Muslims or Jews? Uh, who do, well. He didn't say who doesn't talk about <laughs> it. He said in general. <laughs> well, um, I, I think I think that uh, it's it's exactly what happened to me uh, personally. That I avoided I avoided for many years writing on it. I I lectured on on this topic in many many places. Uh, yeah, that I was invited to give seminars. I I did for many years seminars on exactly on the topic of the book. Judaism as represented by, by Islam in the Quran and other sources. I taught it many years in Baidea, it's the Institute of the European uh, Union of UNESCO in, a, in a Stockholm. I taught it in Paris and in, 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 a, in Czechoslovakia and other places. Uh, I was ready to lecture on it, but was always, I avoided writing on it. And why I avoided? Because exactly because of what I have just said before. I- You know, you you are dealing with with material that is not it's very difficult to deal with it, you know, on a theoretical level academically, because it has relevance to our life, because Jews and Muslims are not two peoples from the past. It's not like doing Assyriology or Egyptology that you are dealing with texts without having any contact with the people. You are dealing with people with the same people, with the same religion that are Still alive and are in a conflict, are in a conflict, and this conflict is inspired by both political considerations but also by religious considerations. You see, for example, now in the debate between Israelis and Muslims, we see that there is a turn to in there is a tendency in the last few years to give it to shape it in in a religious uh, uh, way, terminology. So, this is why. This is why people avoid dealing with it. But when the, when the invitation came uh, from this professor, I said, "Well, it's it's about time to to leave alone all these fears and to try to face the material." And uh, uh, so, in fact, people avoid avoid doing it. Uh, but I'm I'm very happy. I must share this with you that the interest with on the book encouraged me to continue. You know. Immediately after publishing it in French, as I said, it came a request to translate it into mm-hmm. into English. Now, later on, just a few a few months later, a colleague of mine in Italia read read the book in French, as he said, this must must appear in in Italian, and it was really appeared in Italian. Well, I have it. I have it here. I can show show it to you this is the italian translation of the book and i'm going to travel next in the beginning of march to present the book in various places in, in italy
0: do you speak italian
1: i speak italian yes oh yes okay. i'm going to present it in in italy in, in, in Rome, in Napoli, and also in the south of, of, of Italy, I was invited to a number of events regarding with the book. There is a lot of interest, and Amazing. what I'm, what I'm uh, very much happy, uh, especially, especially happy that uh, that uh, now. Uh, somebody whom i have known nothing uh, before a a man a very rich person from uh, from abu dhabi contacted me recently uh, just a few months ago and he said he's interested in the book he say he saw it in english he wants to translate it into arabic and he translated it and sent it to me not he himself but he hired he he took care of this and he sent me the translation which i'm Planning to revise in in the, in the next few weeks. I, I want to to see whether I'm whether the text is enough, um, is sufficiently precise and and exact and good to be to be published. I will do that in the next in the next few. Even if it's okay, then we'll go for it or probably correct it and then publish it. So there is interest. You would ask me how about Hebrew. Unfortunately, I have not get yet to the Hebrew, and the reason is that. Um, I can simply translate the English or the French and have a text in Hebrew, and this is not very difficult uh, to do. But uh, there is a point here. Uh, I I think that for for people in Israel, for my people here in Israel, who are in the middle of this uh, conflict, I would like to have a broadened a uh, version of the book I would like to extend it a little bit at least 20 percent of extension and uh, more, more than I had more than I have done for the other European languages and also for the Arabic. so this would take me time. So what I'm planning is first of all to to uh, prepare a draft of the of the text in Hebrew based on the French with whom I uh, with, with which I tra- I started. And then once the translation is ready, then I will extend it in the places that I have noted to myself that I want it to be uh, to be broadened, to be enlarged. So you see that there is an interest uh, 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 an interest in having the text and also an interest in inviting me to talk about it that I cannot account I cannot count to you how many places I have uh, been asked to come and, and give a series of lectures on the book. Uh, since it was published, it was published uh, just a while before the uh, before the, the um, arrival of 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 this corona uh, pa, pa, uh, coronavirus pan- pandemic. Just a few months before, I was in Paris to uh, for the exposition of the book, and since then, there are two uh, mo- more than uh, almost four years that I was invited either online or in presence to talk about it. So. Uh, so maybe Which, we have to update
0: the forward. <laughs> we have to update the forward. We have to update the forward and say yes. people are now talking about it. This is getting people to talk about it as well. Yes,
1: exactly, exactly, exactly. you see, and uh, you know, the people who wrote the the, the introductions to to the uh, Italian uh, translation are dif- differently other people. It was it was written by uh, by three. Uh, a church people who are interested in it from a religious point of view and and there are translations uh, uh, introductions into uh, a prefaces and postfaces to it. So there is an interest in it which is very encouraging.
0: Very much so. So now let's get into some of the actual content, if that's okay, Okay. so so that people will continue talking about it too from here. (laughs) Um, So you you make mention that in the quran three terms are given to the jews can you talk a little bit about that yes you know every every
1: every lecture i give on on this topic i started by by terminology by, you know by by knowing who are the jews who are described in the quran what what in, in what way they are they are called and, and whether there is a meaning behind each of them so we find basically three ter- three terms which uh, each of them has um, uh, put the accent on on a, on a different uh, aspect. So the, one of the one of the titles, which is very common, especially in the the old part of the Quran, in the part from from the Meccan period, from the beginning of the mission of Muhammad, is the term Banu Israel," which would be a clear reflection of the term "Bne Israel." And when the Quran uses this, it, it refers to the old. Israelites, so the old children of Israel of the Bible. we have the many, many of the stories of the Bible are retold, are retold in the Quran in its way, not not, not always identical to the way they are in the Bible, but the Jews who are described there, they are normally in most cases called children of Israel. This is one term. Another term is the term Ahlul Kitab. Mm -hmm. Ahlul Kitab, uh, which means those who have been given a book, who, to, to, to whom a book was revealed, that is to say, uh, the people of the book. And, and we have to take into mind that, the, that this expression that we is reflected in the Hebrew Am ha-sefer, the people of the book. Well, this was given to us by Muslims. They they were the first who called that, but by the same meaning. Meaning something different to <clears throat> to what we mean when you use it in the modern Hebrew. When you use the expression Amasefer sefer" in modern Hebrew, sometimes we mean that we are people who read books, we are intellectual people who read read books. But the original meaning is people who have been to whom a, a revelation was given. Was given. This is another term, and but this term is a, a little bit ambivalent because it it could mean in certain places of the Quran or in. Many places of the Quran could mean either the Jews or the Christians, because each of them is considered a book, a, a, a religion of revelation. We have the Torah and they have the Gospels. So, and sometimes it's not very, very easy to, to, to see whether we are meant Jews or the Christians are meant in his usage of the term. So this is the second term. And the third term is the term Yehud, Yahud, which means Yehudi. No, which is the, the is Jews, really, Jews, and, exactly the Jews. Jews. and this is rather among the three terms. This is the most pejorative. When this is used in the Quran, in, in most cases in which the Quran want to say critiques about the Jews, want to criticize their manners and customs and their religion and their and uh, and their being an evil doers, etc., etc. All the negative, or most of the negative characterizations, uh, characteristics of the Jews are tied to this expression, to this expression. When this is used, either in a a nominal uh, term, Jews, Yehud, or in a verbal uh, form also, those who were Jews in Arabic, then you are are expected to to find a an accusation, or a critique, or a malediction, curses, etc. This would appear. This would uh, would you, would be tied to to this to this term. So this is these are the three names. and by using each of them, you refer to other aspect or to to a certain to a certain aspect in the in the in the nature of the Jews and their and their history and their attitude towards Islam, etc.
0: So, I, I want to show also some of that respect. I'm gonna um, some of the references in the Quran really show this um, relationship between Jews and Muslims, and I'm gonna give a quote from the Quran, in your translation, uh, from 1094. If you are in doubt about what we send down to you, ask those who recited the Scripture before you. It is quite telling that there is this. Oh, sorry. It is quite telling that there is this respect that the Jewish Bible and Jewish people are seen as knowledgeable because you're going to ask them. And you also say that in Yatrib, some women would send their children to grow up in Jewish families to be educated. So there is this respect. Can you expand on that a little bit?
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. You know, the, this is an aspect uh, you, you have. As I said, a variety of attitude toward the Jews and toward their religion. So there is this aspect of considering, which is reflected in this, in this verse, and other verses as well, which uh, reflects the the viewing of the Jews as a as a as a, a, an authority through which you can validate your religion. So see. Approaching Muhammad and telling him God is approaching Muhammad, not somebody else. God is addressing Muhammad, saying if you have if you have a doubt about this, or if people have doubt about what you say and they don't trust you, so you can tell them, go and go and ask the Jews, go and ask those who read the book. Those who read the book means the Jews and the Christians, and they will confirm what I say from their books. You will find that what I tell you to reveal to your, to your people, to your uh, polytheist Arabs in, in Arabia is also said prior to, to the arrival of Islam by, by the Jews and the Christians. So here we have an example of very, a very positive attitude towards the Jews, viewing them as a source for the validification, for valid, validation of, of Islam. But we find also the opposite. You find also the opposite.
0: We'll get there too. I just well, let's start. Huh. I thought it was better to start with some positive. Okay. Okay. You also talk about the Israel, israel Israeliat. Israeliat. Israeliat, Yes. Can you well, find
1: that a little bit? Well, what What is the Israeliat? Israeliat is a term given. Is a term given. It's you see here the word Israelit there. Israeliat. It means traditions from the people of Israel, and these traditions are are very often uh, paraphrases of uh, Midrashim you would, might, might, you would find in, in the Mishnah or in the Talmud or in the specific book of Midrash, uh, statements that you, you find in the Talmud. Uh, sometimes also the Israeliat includes Christian material. So the, uh, in, in other words, material coming from Jewish heritage. That's, uh, and, the, and this, this material was, uh, we, we believe that, uh, those who played a very important role in bringing all this material, in introducing this material to Islam, were converted Jews. Converted yeah. Jews who knew their tradition, who did their, uh, we were very, very, very well expert in, in knowing the, the the Jewish sources, and when they converted to Islam, they yeah. they brought their heritage with them, and part of it tried must the best they can in, in order to to yes. to uh, uh, to let it enter into, into Islamic sources and to be used by to be employed in in in, uh, in Islam. Uh, so, uh, and then and then became a debate between <clears throat> between two two directions. There are many many who uh, were for using this material, Said why not the Quran itself in the verse you have just cited, encourage us to ask the Jews, so why not using israel yat? But then came a stage in which Islam felt that uh, the usage of Islam, as is the usage of, of Israeli yat material, or ma- materials coming from other religions is too much uh, imposing itself on, on, on Islam. Uh, there is a tendency to to lie a lot on Jewish and Christian material, and there is always a risk that you lose your specific identity by by absorbing too much from the others. So then, come, then, come, then was developed a process of of rejecting this material, and there was a, a debate between those who were for this and for, who, those who were against it said, well, those who brought this material to Islam were Jews. And they are biased. They have a, they have an intention in no in, in wanting to have all this massive material coming into Islam. And there was a process of stopping it. And this, uh, this uh, uh, debate is not a, only a debate of the past. It continues up to nowadays. Up to mm-hmm. nowadays, there are tendency. And now now the more prevalent tendency is to block the way for interests of uh, Israeliat and use them as less as possible. While when you read in the old Muslim sources, you will see they would, as a Muslim, have no objection. Uh, they have objections, but not as great as it, as it was developed in the past. So you see here, <clears throat> as I say, always when I talk on these t- topics, I say, the key words of understanding the problematics between Judaism and Islam, Judaism as reflected in in the Islamic sources, especially in the Quran, is a a key term is ambivalence. You very often find a tendency to to get from Judaism, but on the same time, a tendency to block the ways for entrance of too much influence. Uh, I would say using it, using an expression, the Hebrew expression, expression, I would say, yad yad You, you approach the other with your hand, with the right your hand. right hand, but you reject him with with your left hand, and this is a, a play. Only, not only a play. It's it's the it's essence of the attitude. Uh, up to now.
0: So that's also an important point that you keep bringing up and I want to make sure everybody's listening is this is for the ages. This isn't some historical um, piece. Yes. But I want to I move over because for me, it's very important to make sure we touch upon women. And you happen to mention two here. So if you could tell us a little bit about uh, Sarah of Cariza and Asma of Yathlib um, and the sources in which we find them because they're, obviously women are not all over the yes. place in both uh, uh, biblical texts, any religion. So, yes, well,
1: you know the fact that in Arabic in Arabic culture in general that were were uh, not only not, not only very famous, very leading poets among mm-hmm. the Arabs and among among the Jews, but there is also poetess, uh, yes, wo- woman poets, uh, and uh, and we know we what we know this from. Not from the Quran, no mention of this material, of this this poetess in in the Quran, but we have it from the historical sources, from the biography of Muhammad, they are mentioned from other book histories of the period. This this Sara of of the tribe of Qurayza and this Asma, on which uh, uh, a a scholar of our department has written a very nice. Article in Hebrew and also in English on this Asma. These are uh, two prominent, uh, thoughtful, and intelligent women from from the three tribes. Each of the, they were from the there were three major tribes in, in the region of Medina to which Muhammad migrated uh, in 1622. Uh, and there, these Sarah and Asma uh, were. Uh, we have just a number not not, not, a, not not a big quantity, just a number of, of verses that remain from them uh, written in, in in beautiful Arabic, in which they are blamed as criticizing the prophet and they were actually assassinated because of their of their critique towards the prophet. So uh, the, the, there is such a reality of which we know not from the Quran from other sources, but to be to be clear enough, it is not a, 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 a it's not a large phenomenon, and we don't have a, a, a huge corpus of of poetry written by neither Jews, uh, neither, neither men or women. Jews. Also, from uh, uh, men who uh, wrote uh, poetry, Jew- Jewish men who wrote poetry, there are just a number of the most famous of them. Is Samawal ibn Adiya also from the tribe of Qurayza who wrote uh, a few poems? Some of them, uh, in which there is no no uh, uh, no Jewish characteristic at all. It looks like the poetry that Arabs the pagans wrote with, 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 with was, without any any reliance on Jewish sources. But there are others that are attributed to them, including including uh, poets that. Uh, they were discovered later on in the Geniza of Cairo, in which <coughs> Jewish motifs, even, even messianic Jewish motif, the mention of the house of David, etc., are mentioned in this poetry of uh, of uh, uh, Samawal Shemuel. Samawal is Shemuel ibn Hadiyah But uh, we we should take into account that we are not speaking of a very very large phenomenon, right. and even if there was more activity on this field of poetry, we don't have, uh, the evidence did not remain. So we have just a a small quantity of material.
0: So we did say we'd come back to some of the negatives. So I'm going to switch us over a bit because we have to acknowledge the surah in which the Jews are said to have been transformed into monkeys and uh, the punishment leading to the insulting term for Jews. And possibly Christians, um the descendants of apes and pigs, and I'm not gonna pronounce it in Arabic. <laughs> um, um, uh, so can you address this at least and talk yes. about Yes,
1: I mean, First of all, uh, let's 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 do it by moving from another positive to this negative aspect. The most important <laughs> positive aspect I would say is uh, that the Quran considers the the old children of Israel, not the later Jews as the cho- chosen people of god there is a, this this motive is a, is a repeated in the quran more than once it says oh children of israel uh, remember uh, the remember the grace that i have done to you uh, by by uh, by choosing you over the others, by preferring you over the other people. This is a verse which is repeated more than once in the Quran, so there is the notion that the Quran mentioned the notion that the people, the, the people of Israel are the chosen people. This is explicitly said in the Quran. Very, very important notion, this idea of, of the Jewish grace by, by uh, electing the people of Israel, but when you go, when you continue the reading. You see that it turns immediately. Uh, that uh, the Quran says after mentioning that they are preferred, that elected he immediately says, "Well, they were elected, but they lose their election because because grave sins they have committed, among <clears throat> among which one of the grave ones is the adoration of the golden calf." Uh, which is considered one of the also in Jewish sources, but not only in Muslim, as a grave, uh, uh, as a grave scene, and also by other things like killing prophets, like yeah. uh, 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 falsifying the the, the, the Torah, etc. All these things uh, uh, were the reason for for uh, their rejection by God. God, who who elected them, also rejected them, and then instead of them. Instead of them, elected his new people, who are the Arabs. So you have here, you have here a phenomenon very similar to what we, what we find in Christianity, that right. Christianity accept the idea that the Jews, the the children of Israel of the Bible, were the elected people, but they they have lost this this uh, this elections. They are the new Israel. They are the the verus Israel, the new Israel. The same tendency you would find in the in the Quran that uh, Jews were elected, but then they have uh, <clears throat> lost this election uh, due to their to their to their uh, sins and to their, uh, grave <clears throat> acts of of, uh, of betrayal of the of the of the of the alliance with God, and then God opted for the Arabs, and this is again explicitly said. In the Quran, Quran addresses the Arab says, we you are now the best people. You are the best people that yet that were set forth to, to humankind. So there is the idea of, of a changing of transformation of the election because of because of deceiving God, <clears throat> causing, causing deception to God. By by not adhering to his to his commandment to his uh, etc. So uh, and then when this is developed, then comes a series of accusations. Some of which I have mentioned. You know, you have uh, Jews are accused of <laughs> adoring or worshipping the <clears throat> the al They the accused of killing prophets. They accused of of falsifying the Torah. They accused of. Of taking interest and many other things, which are which are uh, considered as typical to them, and then also uh, also various kinds of punishment. The most famous of, of which is their transformation into donkeys mm-hmm. and transforming the Christian into pigs. You know this is and this is why in in the in the in the modern an uh, actual parlance uh, you would find the Jews are called in in, in uh, actual Muslim propaganda children of of monkeys and the yeah. Christians children of pigs اولاد القرد, اولاد so this is part of the, of, of, right. the of, of the of the of the propaganda which is based on the Quran and the Quran says that the uh, God uh, turned them into pig into into monkeys, because they were not respecting their or co- the, the, the the commandments of of the Shabbat. This is the context in which it appears in the Quran. It speaks about a community who were asked to, uh, to, who are recommended or ordered to to keep the Shabbat, as we all know, and as a result of not respecting the the sanctity of Shabbat. They were punished by being tra- transformed into, into monkeys.
0: So so let's pick up on your Shabbat theme here, because there are, like you said before, there are Midrashic stories that are intertwined with biblical stories in the Quran. Um, and one of the things that transform also is Shabbat or and fasting. And there are... Um, there are yes. rules and regulations that translate, and yet they're a little bit off. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yes, you know, definitely. You know, first of all, you know, all the halachic, you know, that uh, uh, Islam, like Judaism, is a halachic religion. Mm-hmm. Is a halachic religion. It is a religion on which, on which uh, the law, commandments, respecting the commandments, is a very, is a fundamental aspect of Islam. It is not only a religion of creed that you, you have a credo of a certain uh, principles that you have to declare and to believe in, and that's it. Right. It's very different from Christianity in which the the, the the keeping of commandments is 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 not, a there are of course, a sacrament in Christianity, sacraments, but it is not a fundamental aspect of, of Christianity, uh, of this religion. Islam, like Judaism, is a religion of law of sharia sharia is the equivalent of halakha now from where this came to the arabs the arabs before islam uh, the pagan arabs they, didn't, they did not have a sharia they did not have a, halakha, a halakhic system we we uh, we scholars of islam believe that this this aspect of islam this very dominant a predominant aspect in islamic religion was very much inspired by their contact by the fact they they live a symbiotic life with the Jews, especially in the period of Medina, when Muhammad migrated from his native city of Mecca to the north to the city of Medina, in which there was it was a, a very predominant Jewish area with the three tribes around the in Medina in the in the vicinity of Medina and all the region between between Medina up to the. Uh, from, 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 to the borders of the, of of Israel of of Palestine of the period Byzantine Palestine, were populated by by Jews. Uh, all this area, so Muhammad, when he came there, he he met, in his community, met Jews, uh, and his knowledge of Judaism is increasing when uh, when when uh, as a result of this event. When you when you uh, read the parts. Of the Quran. The Quran are divided to parts from Mecca to surahs from Mecca, chapters from Mecca, and Surahs from Medina. When you write, when you read the chapters from Mecca, you hardly find anything halakhic in it. You find stories from the Bible, stories of the prophets of the Bible, stories from the prophets of the New Testament, and the major figures that we know from the Bible, many of them, Abraham, the other patriarchs, Moses, Aaron, David, Solomon, all these and their stories are represented not exactly as they appear in the Bible but they they are there in the Quran but there is not a legal aspect to this to this community. Uh, we a lot of inspiration from the from the store, from the narrative uh, parts of the of, of the Bible but not of the halakha. Now the encounter with the community in Medina great, made a great change in the nature of Islam-Islam turned to be a halakhic religion. Halakhic religion, uh, and, uh, and for example, we have the, <clears throat> the rules of prayer, similar to those of Judaism. The fact that you have to pray to a certain direction, and in the beginning, it was even to Jerusalem. Then it turned up to, to Mecca. Uh, you, have to, you have to have intention Kavana, Niya in Arabic. Uh, that, uh, difference in the number of prayer, but but, but the, the, the very nature, the very existence of an institution of prayer is, is new to Islam. It, it, was, it was not in the Arab culture before Islam. New a uh, 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 prayer, fast, almsgiving, uh uh, laws of of uh, of war, laws of uh, of taking uh, prisoners of war in, 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 during the during the, the fighting, etc. All this is very much close, not only in the concept but also in the details, to what you find uh, in Hilkhot, the, the the rules of of uh, of animals that you you can or you can you are permitted or not permitted to eat. All this notion was not known to Arabs before Islam. And this is definitely a, a, the result of a contact, a permanent, a daily contact with people who practice this. And also, we, we are quite sure that it, is not only, it was not only done uh, by absorbing this element from Judaism, but also with the desire, probably, to help this community convert it to the new religion of Muhammad. You know, creating a religion which is close to them and enabling by this, enabling them by this, probably to to join Islam, which was not very successful. And once Muhammad, once Muhammad uh, realized that that his efforts towards uh, you know shaping a religion close to them did not help so much in converting masses of Jews, at least not in the very, in the very beginning, then there was a changing of attitude. So we see we see we see two phases we see the first phase that started in the period of medina of absorbing elements halakhic elements not only narrative elements but halakhic elements from judaism and then we see another another stage in which there is a, a desire at rejecting uh, some of the of the elements and then there is a withdrawal uh, from things that you have already accepted then you reject or you you,
0: you moderate. or change them even like you or said, change the or direction change. of prayer or change yes. the day of Shabbat. or the day exactly.
1: of rest Exactly, exactly. There are many many examples in which you see the changing in order to in order to to, uh, uh, to separate yourself from uh, from the dominant community and to help yourself. And I explained this in the book. This is uh, first of all a, a desire to reject yourself. To, to reject the influence and then to help yourself by rejecting or by controlling what you get from other religions, helping yourself shaping your own identity, uh, which, feel, which would be suitable to, to, to your people, rather than uh, just imitating uh, previous religions.
0: So we're talking about separating. I want to make sure that we at least mention you have a chapter on the Shi'i.
1: She she is or Shiite? as you.
0: Yeah, sorry, I was going in between the two. Um, why did you feel it was important to add that in um to
1: this type well, of book? Well let me let me explain to you why. First of all, you know, to be to be clear, I'm uh, I started my my career by by uh, uh, specializing in Xi Islam. so I have written mm-hmm. my my book on exegesis is on the Shi' exegesis of the Quran. So, uh, and then I said, well, you have to uh, let's say uh, let's put it that way. In most of what I say in the book, there is no difference between Shis and, and, and Sunnis. They all share the all all the views that we have discussed. They are shared by both Sunnis and Shis. But I said, well. Shia is still a very important minority. It's a minority. Once we use a minority, sometimes we see we identify minority with a with a small number. But my, the, this minority is about two hundred billions. This is a minority of the Shia. Right. <laughs> it's a, a huge minority. So I said, if the Shiis have their own specific views on Judaism and Jews, let it be expressed also, because we want. I want to, to discover what Islam in general, Sunni and Shi'a, think about Jews and Judaism. But there are some particularities you would not find in Sunni Islam that you find in Shi'i Islam, which are very, very important and different, totally different from what you find in, in Sunni, from the majority. Sunni Islam is the majority Islam. And I said, well, a chapter has to be devoted to this field. Actually, this chapter, I had it already written as in a form form of of an article that I have have published many years ago on the attitude of the Shia to the Jews. And I said, well, this fits very well with the book to give the the Shia attitude. And then I translated it into French and then into English so that it will be included and that it gives also this this, uh, this specific version of Islam that it will be represented also in the book. Uh, now, what is what what is the the special or the unique aspects that you have in Islam and you don't have in in uh, in Christianity? Two aspects which are almost contradictory. One aspect is that Shia Islam you find a very very particular, very very I would say even astonishing when I when I met it for the first time. I was astonished by by this statements, these statements, you find traditions attributed to the imams of the Shia that's, that are saying that we are the true children of Israel. Well, not biologically, they did not think that they are continuing the people of Israel, but in the sense that there is identification of the Shia with the Israelites. And many many verses in which the Israelites are mentioned in the in the Bible, comes the imams of the Shis and says it is we who are meant by God when he says uh, children of Israel you are the chosen people it is us the Shis which are the descendants of the prophet Muhammad they are the descendants of the prophet Muhammad uh, and I was intrigued by the question why do they do that why Why, why this identification with the people of Israel and I have an explanation in the in the book I say well Shia found in the ethos, in the ethos of the children of Israel, a story of a, a paradigm of a story of salvation, a story of, 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 how uh, do you say, of uh, esclavage. Uh, no, um, no, well, I. Slavery.
0: slavery.
1: Slavery, yes, exactly. Slavery. Esclavage in French. Slavery, and then redemption, and and they they went to the history of the people of Israel and said, "Well, this can be a very inspiring for us because we are a minor, we are like the Jews, a, a persecuted minority. This is the history of the Shias. and we have we can see in the story of the people of Israel exactly a paradigm of our of our history. They start it, is, it started with slavery in Egypt, and then there was salvation." Redemption from from the slavery, and arrival to the country of Israel, and creating a dominion, creating a, a, a state, creating a malchut, a kingdom. The first one, the second one. So there is a, a there is a, a story of slavery which has an happy end, happy an end. And this, in my in my interpretation, this was this served the the the, the She's as a model for their own history. That's why they identified with, with, not with the Jews, no, God forbid, not with the Jews, but with the people of Israel, not ah, with the latter Jews, see. the people of Israel, the ancient people of Israel, the biblical part of Israel. Now, later on, we find in, in the Shi in uh, tradition, something almost the opposite of it. We found a strong rejection of the of the Jews, not of the people of Israel, much stronger than what we find in Sunni Islam. Uh, in what it is, and uh, what is the essence of it? The, 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 the Shis consider the non-Shis, that is to say, not only the Jews, but also the Christians, they consider them to be, to be purely impured, right. uh, to be uh, ritually impured. Majis mm-hmm. in Arabic. Now, is also, I was curious to see from where they get into this, if they are Muslim like the other, why they have this notion which we don't find in Sunni Islam. There are a lot of explanations to this, but the basic thing is they took verbatim a verse in the Quran which says that the the polytheists are impure. Now, the question is whether you define the Jews as polytheists or not. Some of the uh, not some, many of the leading scholars of, of Shiism said, Well, the Jews are definitely polytheists. If you if you if you worship the Golden calf, at part of you, wow. this. And also there is a verse in the Quran in which it is said that the Jews believe in Uzair, who is identified with Ezra, the scribe. As, uh, they adore him as a son of God, so they are like the Christian. So, on the basis of of some verses in the Quran, these are the main two cases: the golden calf and the, the story of Uzair Ezra, probably Ezra. Uh, you can you can view them. You can view the Jews as as uh, as non non monotheist. So, if they are not monotheist, then you uh, they are considered. Tameim, uh, impure, and then you exclude them. And the implication of, of this in in uh, Shiite societies, and you can hear this from from Jews who came from Iran or from Iraq, in which there were uh, Shiite communities. The implications are very severe. You cannot you cannot get into marriage with them, and you, unless they convert to Islam. While in Sunni Islam, a Jew a Jewish lady who wants to, to get married with a Muslim, she doesn't have to, to convert, she can remain Jew. But in Shiism, no, there is no solution for this, except for uh, converting into Islam. This is one aspect. Another aspect is you are not permitted to eat food that were cooked by Jews, or or animals that were slaughtered by Jews, while Sunni can do yes. that. So there are two opposing uh, opinion, uh, views that characterize the She's that are very, very different from what you find in Shi Islam. And I said, well, this has been has to be shared because and you can ask me what how it is connected to a, a book dealing with the Quran. It is connected because all what they say is based on a commentary of verses in the Quran. So I said, this aspect should be also covered in the book, and that's why I included it.
0: Thank you. That's really interesting. And I encourage everybody to read through the book because we had so much more to talk about, but we have to be conscientious of our time. Usually at the end of our New Books Network uh, interviews, we ask what you're working on next. You kind of said you're working on the Hebrew version of this book. Is there something else that you want to share with us that you're working on next?
1: No, no. Uh, and you when you introduced me in the beginning you said that I'm a um I'm an max Max uh, Schlesinger incumbent of of this of this chair of the university but I was nominated a number of years ago at the university as the, as the incumbent of the chair of Baha'i studies now Baha'i the Baha'is Bahai studies is uh, it's another thing I'm doing and now at the moment I'm working among other things on the Baha'is and I'm uh, preparing a book on the on the prayer in this religion.
0: Wow. Prayer they let in you in region. to talk about like, it. Excuse me? They let you in to talk about it? I know uh, secret. <laughs> no,
1: it is not really connected. I can, I can very briefly just say that there are they have they have a very uh, very rich uh, treasure of prayers uh for which I am now preparing <laughs> preparing. For the first, for the first time for the Hebrew readers, I'm preparing a translation of a collections of prayer, with a commentary and also with the introduction with the importance of prayer in this religion. Of course, i This is a byproduct of my interest in Shiism because Baha'i religion was is an offshoot of Shiism. It was developed. Within Shi, within 12 Shiism in Iran in the 19th century, then it turned, then it developed to be a, a totally different religion, independent religion. But I'm interested in it, and this is one of the things I'm doing.
0: I'm sure we're gonna hear much more from you because I'm I'm very excited to talk to you again and I'm sure everybody's interested in hearing. So we will continue our conversation. I wanna say thank you. And we have been speaking with Professor Mayer M. Barasher about his book, Jews and the Quran*, published by Princeton University Press. Thank you again for joining.